0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to X and O Quick Hits. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined as always by the host of our great film show, TOJ Film Room, over on our YouTube channel, Turn On The Jets TV, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's going on, my man?
2: Uh, Same old. A lot of film going on. I got 10 more shows to do before the season kicks off, and that's not even including the uh, four shows with the preseason as well, so... Turning along film reviews, a couple more to go, including a new one I'm going to do on James Burgess uh, Jr., an uh, outside linebacker that drift signed a while ago that has largely flown under the radar. Busy times right now.
1: Busy times indeed, just as it's busy times for the New York Jets and their star safety Jamal Adams, who is the subject of the show today. We're going to talk about his sophomore campaign and the things that he improved upon, the things that he can continue to improve upon, what we want to see from him in this Greg Williams defense in 2019, and a bunch more. So Joe, let's start with this. Talk to me about what you saw from Jamal Adams in pass coverage in the year 2018.
2: Uh, yeah, so he's obviously a guy who could uh, he, he could play really any role in coverage, um, whether it be zone or man. But since we're talking about you know just pass coverage uh, right now in general, um, he's a guy who I'm more comfortable with him in man. I, th- I think once you when, when you ask him to think a little bit less, um, you saw the coverage that he had on guys like Jimmy Graham. You saw the coverage he had on guys like Gronkowski. Um, really fluid hips, really fast accelerator, really aggressive, really. Uh, you know, powerful hands, good, uh, you know, vertical um, understanding of how to play man coverage with, you know, both his hands and, and how he steps up his hips and jams and a bunch of different things he's he's capable of, of doing. Um, I definitely think he's a very good, um, you know, in, in, in pass coverage. I don't think he's elite yet. He still has definitely some things to work on um, in terms of his aggressiveness biting up a little bit too soon. Um, you know, instead of playing safe uh, over the top of some guys to play a little bit too aggressively and get beat deep, there was a play in the Patriots game where he—I fr- I forget if it was a cover three uh, jump or cross, or whatever—and he jumped a route from Edelman. But when he did that, instead of sticking on Edelman like he should have, and, and, and you know, playing the route safely, he looked into the backfield at Tom Brady. Uh, Edelman was able to beat him on an out and up because of that you know deep down the field it wasn't a, a typical out, or out and up it was actually more of like a crosser and up because he was adjusting to Tom Brady who was actually moving around a little bit trying to find a guy deep down the field uh, Adams was a little bit too aggressive uh, aggressive with it uh, Edelman beat him you know deep for 40 50 yards the ball never got completed so people don't talk about it but there's definitely some things in coverage he has to work on and i'm just talking about him working on these things co- you know coming from or coming from the kind of the, the thought of okay well he's an elite player which he is an elite player but he's, in the, he's elite in the run game. I think he's very, very good in pass coverage, but he's not elite there yet. So he definitely has some, some things to um, improve on where you see guys like, you know, uh, Bayard from the Titans, guys like Eddie Jackson, who I would probably take over Jamal Adams in coverage because, like I said, he, his aggressiveness hurts him at times, whether it be in man coverage or even, you know, keeping his eyes into the backfield a little bit too long in, in zone coverage and losing guys behind him. But overall, um, he still is very good in coverage, like I said, that because of his acceleration and his IQ for the most part, um, and his aggressiveness in terms of like shooting his hands and being, away, uh, being willing and able to, to bang with tight ends and uh, his overall power. We saw you know multiple times, like I said, uh, shut down Gronk. Even though it was an older Gronk. Jimmy Graham uh, played him very very well in that Packers game on a couple of fade routes and the one fade route specifically where you know he he got into his chest. He matched him well. He kept his hips square uh, square to him. He played the ball through the, through his hands uh, very, very well, through Jimmy Ga- Graham's hands very well. Uh, the refs threw a crap penalty on him, but it was a really good coverage rep. So there's definitely some a lot more flashes of very good in coverage, but there are some still some flashes of not so good. But he's not a finished product. He's, he's going into his third year now, so I expect him to develop. Uh, he's a film junkie. That's all he does is it's watch film and critique himself. So I'm sure he watches the coverage, and he's, he's seeing, you know, what he can improve on, and I'm sure he's going to start honing in a little bit of the aggressiveness, um, you know, at times. Obviously, what makes him such a great player overall is some of the aggressiveness, but you got to learn when and uh, when and when not to kind of uh, act upon that aggressiveness, so...
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Joe, as you well know, one of the things the Jets have lacked for a really long time is somebody that can cover tight ends. And you just talked about him covering Gronk and Jimmy Graham. Talk to me a little bit more about what you saw specifically when Jamal Adams was matched up against tight ends.
2: Yeah, it's just it's his. He he has this. He has. He's a really, really good athlete. Like I remember him coming out of. College and people were talking about you know him versus Malik Cooker and Malik Cooker has probably he probably does have a little bit better range in terms of being able to cover you know hash to hash than a guy like Jamal Adams but Jamal Adams is, is absolutely top notch in terms of his in terms of his his fluidity um, you know his excel his acceleration his stop start um, and all of that and all those things so he has the physical capabilities in terms of the speed and then obviously his size you know he's well, he's a good 215, 220 and he's super aggressive with it. So um, there are players who, you know, could be 230 pounds like Darren Lee, who are soft um, because they don't know. You know, they could be. You could be 230 and not as strong as a guy who's 220, but you're stronger than a guy who's 230. Maybe could be strong, but not as aggressive. So he definitely uses his strength and every single pound of him well. So he's able to stick with with tight ends, uh, you know, for sure in terms of uh, in terms of matching their physicality. And then no, there's really no tight end in the league who's going to be able to beat him just straight on athleticism because he's a super athletic safety, obviously. Um, and he's a smart guy. You know, like I said, the Jimmy Graham reps, the, the Gronk reps, you know, he would say things like, you know, he, he likes to give Gronk a, a free release uh, because you don't want to jam a guy like Gronk, at least in his mind. Uh, so he would, you know, let Gronk run his, his 5, 7, 10-yard stem. And then from that point, use his physicality or his his agility at the top of the stem, so Gronk might create a, a, you know, a yard or two of separation at the top of the stem, but Jamal Adams would have the athleticism to, to make it up for the most part. He actually was beat on and out one time because he's playing with too far of inside leverage where, like I said, he has to work on some things with understanding his leverage and, you know, when to, when to jam, when not to jam, when to be aggressive, when to not be aggressive, when not to look in the backfield. So there there's some things, but there's not many tight ends who are just going to beat up on him all game just because, like I said, of that, that athleticism and, uh, you know, power combo that he has. So he's he's fully capable of, of covering, you know, any tight end in the league. I'm not saying he's going to shut down a guy like, you know, Ertz when, they, when he, when he plays uh, the, the Eagles, but I don't think he's going to dominate Jamal, you know, either. And like I said, Jamal does still have to uh, develop in the next few years. And I think he'll develop in coverage because he definitely took a step up from his rookie year uh, to his his sophomore year, so going into his third year, I'm expecting another jump up in coverage.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. You called him an elite run defender. Can you talk a little bit about why you feel that way and give some specific examples of things you saw in 2018 against particular running backs of interest, if you can?
2: Uh, Yeah, he... Is. <laughs> Anybody who watches Jets games, like that's the easiest thing to notice is Jamal Adams because he plays um, in the box all the time. Whether it be like a, uh, you know, he, he could play, he could play uh, the Jack roll, the Sam roll, the Will roll. Um, you don't really, I didn't really see him playing Mike too much, but he was on the edges of the uh, strong side or the weak side, uh, depending on depending on the formation. But he could play really anywhere in the box and. We saw him make a ton of plays, and especially if you watch the uh, the game, the whole thing on Game Pass or you I'm sure you can watch it on YouTube now. Where he was talking to uh, whatever the guy's name is for NFL Network and uh, Jaws, and was talking about certain things he sees in and and coverage and not sort not in coverage, but in the run game. Where I think it was the Jaguars game, where he saw basically we talking about Quentin Williams. He saw the uh, left guard in a, in a light stance, and he knew the light stance meant that you know. The left guard wasn't going to be working up to the second level or working up to anybody on the line of scrimmage right at first because of that light stance. So he knew the light stance meant that he was going to pull. So he got ready for the pull. Um, he confirmed it as the ball was snapped. He he followed the puller into the into the hole and then tackled uh, Leonard Fournette for for a loss. So he's really really smart player. Uh, There's multiple times in the Vikings game where you know they would line up a receiver out wide and then and then they'd they come. Um, into motion, tighter to the line of scrimmage. He knew that they were going to try to uh, kick Jamal Adams out or block a linebacker, whatever that specific play was. Because both uh, a couple of those plays did a, did a couple different things, but it was the same type of concept. As soon as that, you know, uh, wide receiver would, would motion in tighter. Like I said, he would crash down the line of scrimmage as soon as the ball was snapped. was just like he, he knew exactly what was going on. Uh, the ball would usually go opposite, and then he would just uh, defeat that. Uh, wide receiver tight end right through the gap that they were trying to block. So he's, he's a super smart guy. The, the, the film um, definitely stands out where there are certain plays where like you don't even know, okay, was well, he supposed to be on a blitz there? Was he not supposed to be on a blitz there? There's definitely some plays where I'm um, almost 100% sure he wasn't supposed to blitz, but just because of pre-snap motions uh, where guys were lined up, he, he shoots gaps and, and he'll come off the edge. Uh, I'm pretty sure when he's not even supposed to just because he knows what's coming. And that's why he gets so many tackles for a loss. You, you know, you talk to Nani all the time. You, you go to, you know, any person on Twitter, and you could see how many, you know, tackles for losses he has, st- stuffs that he has, quarterback hits that he has. He's just really, really smart around the line of scrimmage. Um, and there's multiple plays where you would see him come off the edge and uh, either make a tackle for a loss or even make a tackle for a loss and just dominate people physically. Where running backs. I believe it was the Colts game. I forget what the running back's name was. Uh, it wasn't Marlon Mack though. It was, a, it was a different running back on the Colts. Uh, runs up to the left side. Jamal Adams comes off of, you know, the the right edge, which is the, the obviously the you know uh, the running back's left side. Hits him right in the ribs, and then I, I I showed it the video after of of the running back like walking off, like holding his ribs while like you know stumbling down the sideline because Jamal Adams hit him so hard. So he's an enforcer. We saw it at versus Amendol when he, I know you asked me about run, or running in the running game, but now I'm going to get to the hitting a little bit too, where, you know, uh, Amendol over the middle, he absolutely rocked him. He's rocked <laughs> uh, Edelman a few times where the Patriots really like to, to get Edelman in the box and, and, and crack, um, you know, uh, safeties as a part of their scheme. And Jamal Adams would just see him in, the, in his peripheral vision all the time, either motioning in or after the ball is snapped working to Jamal Adams. And then you see, Jamal Adams lower his shoulder and absolutely destroy Edelman. Uh, he laid a huge hit on on Feeland um, as well, where Phelan was down for a little bit. They threw the flag at first, I believe they picked it up. So uh, he's an enforcer. Uh, he's super smart in the run game. He's obviously ridiculously athletic with his acceleration, but like I said, with his fluidity, um, he's really aggressive in the run game. Which you know, nine times out of ten, it, it works out. There is that tenth time though, where it will hurt him a little bit. Um, but you, like I said, you combine film study, IQ, aggressiveness, and elite athleticism. That's why he's so good, um, you know, in the run game. And he's going to continue to develop. It's almost a scary thought that a guy who is probably, you know, I think you can make an argument for any one of these three guys, uh, especially going forward, that they're all young. But I think the best three safeties in the NFL, you know, and not just with like, nostalgia, and like oh, well, these other guys like Earl Thomas and Harrison used to be the best? I don't think they're the best anymore. I think you're looking at guys like Jamal Adams, you know, Eddie Jackson, uh, Cat, uh Bayard from the, the Titans and, um, Derwin James. So he's definitely up there. Uh, I think he will, will improve, uh, you know, in, in a couple different areas, but in the run game, there's, there's not much improvement needed minus, uh, some, some minor weaknesses, which I, I guess I'll get into now. I guess I'll just, I'll just hit upon them really quickly and we can expand upon them if you want. But, uh, there's times where he's a little bit too aggressive, where he'll shoot a gap or pick a gap a little bit too early into the run, trying to either backdoor a zone or even if the line uh, if a lineman or a tight end is working to the second level, he'll choose the right or left side of them and try, instead of trying to stack them and, and contain the run. Where there's some times where he did that, and then the the run broke for, for you know twenty you know twenty five yards because of that. Uh, I remember Patriots game that happened uh, at least once, maybe twice um, later in the season. Um, and then there's also times, sometimes where he'll he'll miss a tackle because some, there are some times where he'll 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 still bite the ankles. He didn't bite the ankles as much as he did um, in his first season. But like I said, there's very few issues, and that doesn't show up a lot. But there are some times where it does show up. But he still overall is an elite run defender. So.
1: Joe, you talked about his versatility, and that's obviously one of the best things about Jamal Adams. He's able to adapt to numerous different schemes and to play various different types of roles within a defense. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, you know, it's 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 simple because of his athleticism. Like I said, he's smart. He's he could play anywhere. He could play, you know, uh, deep cover two as one of the deeper safeties. He could play as like a cloud corner. He could play hook the seams. He could play hook. Uh, if you wanted to like where the dolphins did it last year um, which i know adam case was on the defensive side of the ball but you know line him up showing cover four uh, cover two where he'd be a deep safety and drop him down into that tampa role, um taking away the two zones between the two uh, deep halves of, of cover two he could play he can play uh cover three uh, curl the flat he he obviously is really athletic so you can disguise a lot of things with him where you know if, if a lot of you know corners or even or other safeties in typical cover three looks, where they ha- where the one safety, especially the safety in the box, will have, you know, that curl to flat, you know, underneath of the retreating corner. Um, a lot of those safeties will have to line up, you know, closer to the sideline. It can kind of tip off that coverage where Jamal Adams is so athletic that, you know, the Jets even last year would, would line him up in the bo- in the box and tight, and then he would be, he would be able to, uh, you know, take a really you know tough exit angle, but he'd get there on time because of his athleticism. Like I said, his foot speed. So. He could play in any single coverage. He could play um, in all the ones I just mentioned. He could play in man on tight ends. He could play, you know, in, in man coverage on receivers if you want him to do that. He doesn't do that a ton. Um, where people, a lot of people like say, you know, which I don't really like, you know, kind of putting him like, oh, well, he co- he was in the slot like covering re- or, or you know he was a slot defender a lot. Uh, it's not really slot defender if you're if you're a, a safety in a safety role and cover three so. He is not in the slot a lot. He is in the slot in, in his zones, which is a little bit different to to me, just based on assignment. And you know, I'm not going to call him a slot corner. He doesn't really play that much. It's it's, it's more of a safety in a in a, in the slot in a safety's role. But uh, he could he could do uh, pretty much pretty much anything. Um, any of the intermediate zones, any of the deep zones, you 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 want him to play. He could play cover four, cover three, cover six, whatever, in whatever role you you really want him to. So. He is a guy who uh, is going to be, you know, absurdly versatile for a guy like Greg Williams who already has a versatile defense. So, I'm sure, you know, Greg Williams watching the, the film of, of what Jamal Adams did in his first two years is salivating over what he could do with him, um, you know, in 2019, so...
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Overtime Podcast
1: Network. Joe, you talked a little bit about Jamal Adams' strengths and weaknesses. I want to get into that a little bit in this regard. If you were Greg Williams and you had to work with Jamal Adams to fix those weaknesses, what would you be doing? How would you go about
2: it? Yeah, it's a lot easier to talk about strengths and weaknesses, especially when you watch specific film like plays. And this is why I do the show. And it's I do seventy plays, and then you can talk about that specific play and why it was a strength and weakness. Because like there's, it's very situational where you know his aggressiveness is not going to hurt him on every single play. But you know, because when you're near the line of scrimmage or you're blitzing, or they want you to shoot a gap, yeah, you want to be aggressive. But then there's other times where you know he'll be working uh, as a as a deep safety. Let's say he's in a cover two role and he's coming down in the run game where. You know, yeah, when you're on the line of scrimmage and you're blitzing or you're trying to shoot a gap, you you, you are afforded the opportunity to be aggressive because that's where you have to be. But when you're in a deeper safety role, um, you have to be more conservative because you're that last line of defense. So um, there are certain things that you know Gray Williams should watch with him on film and, and point out. And I'm sure that Jamal Adams watches on film. Jamal Adams knows you know, three million more times than I do, so I'm sure he's aware of what he has to do. But I think he just has to learn situationally when to be aggressive, whether it be in the run game. Or in the pass game because that that's what hurts him. Of of uh, like I said, line of scrimmage, fine, be aggressive. That that's completely fine. Unless you're content, unless you're the the backside contain where you need to be a little bit less aggressive. Um, but when you're working as a, as a deep safety coming up in the run game, you know if if there's a lineman working to the second level or a tight end or, or a receiver, you know. Understand where the ball is going. You don't have to always try to lay out the blocker and then and then miss the the you know the running back going right by you. Because that did actually happen in the Vikings game where uh, one of the one of the I forget which receiver it was. Maybe it was Treadwell. I forget exactly who it was. But they're coming to crack Jamal Adams, who's working from deep down deep in the uh, I think in the in the deep third uh, middle third of the of the field on the goal line. That's the run that people you know people remembered if you if you remember all the Jets play, or most of the Jets touchdowns that they lit up. Um, where Latavius Murray ran for a, like, 20-yard touchdown. The main reason for that, you know, there a couple of other guys involved in that play who uh, let that happen, but Jamal Adams was actually right in position to make a tackle on that run. But what he did, because he was, cons- you know, because he wanted to lay a big hit on the receiver, trying to crack him to, to you know, kind of set the tone, um, he dropped his shoulder, uh, cracked the wide receiver, you know, instead of letting the receiver crack him, and then the running back ran right by him. So, I think his his main weaknesses are situ when like I said to be aggressive when not to be aggressive. It's all situational because like I said, there are certain situations you want to be in, there are certain situations you don't want to be. But when he's in that deeper role, I want to see him be um, more conservative, especially you know like I said in coverage where he'll try to bite up, look like a little bit lost in the quarterback's eyes, or you know when he's in running chase mode instead of you know making up that ground on the receiver or the tight end, he'll he has a tendency to look back at the quarterback when. If you're looking back at the quarterback, you're taking, you know, a, a mile per hour off your run. Where let's say, you know, uh, Jamal Adams is chasing down, let's just say Gronkowski. Gronkowski, you know, is five yards away from him, and Jamal Adams is running at, I, I, I don't know, 16 miles per hour. Um, when he looks back to the quarterback, instead of keeping his head, you know, focused on uh, Gronkowski, he's taking a miles per you know, a mile per hour off of his, off of his total speed. It's just, it's science. It how, you know, it's how it works. You can't maintain your full speed while you're looking the other way. Um, or maybe you could, I guess technically, but it always slows you down. People always slow down when they look back at the quarterback. I'm not going to say, you know, physically, that's that's impossible to run with your as fast as your head sideways, because <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a physicist or anything like that, um, or or sports science. I'm not what's that guy's name, but uh, I don't know what the hell that guy's name. The sports science, nerdy looking guy. Um, I'm not that guy, but. Uh, yeah, he needs to, like I said, just hone in on the aggressiveness. I can't really say specific plays, uh, even though I did bring up a couple, but it's more about Greg Williams just sitting him down and saying, you know, in this, in this position do this, in this position do, uh, don't do that, which sounds super elementary uh, because it is because I don't have specific film examples in, in front of me that I could really break down in your show, but uh, you you guys get the gist.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. How do you think he's going to fit in the Greg Williams defense? How do you see Williams deploying him?
2: Uh, he's going to do what he did last year. Um, Jamal Adams and, and, uh, and Peppers were, were in a pretty similar role where Peppers a little bit more limited in terms of his athleticism. And Jamal Adams was asked to do a little bit more, like I said before, where, you know, in the typical cover three looks, in a, in a base cover three look, you know, he would be um, in the box and, and asked to take a, you know, a hard exit angle to get to his curl to flat, where a guy like Peppers might have to cheat a little bit more to the sideline because he doesn't have the, the athleticism, the fluidity in his, black, his back pedal, et cetera. So um, Jamal Adams would be a little bit more versatile. Than a guy like Peppers, but he's going to be used all over the field. Like I said, when you have a guy that's that versatile, you don't want to just pigeonhole him into one role. Okay, he's going to be, you know, the the will linebacker in, in nickel, and then in you know uh, in dime, he's going to be the deep half. Like he he can do so many different things that, uh, like I said, pigeonhole him into one role is going to be a, a mistake. And so uh, to cheat on the answer, he's going to do everything but play defensive end and be a full corner like he's going to be a linebacker he's going to be a safety he'll play a little bit in the slot maybe he'll play some man coverage on um on receivers a little bit but uh julius pep i'm not julius peppers um jabril peppers was asked to do similar things with with greg williams i just think greg williams and have a little bit more versatility with a guy like jamal adams because of just how good overall the player he is in both terms of uh you know, IQ and overall athleticism, strength. So Jamal Adams is, you know, two times of the player of Peppers, but they were both asked to do similar things. So in his defense, he's going to be asked to do everything, like I said, because it's just it's not smart to, to just make him do one thing, where a guy like Marcus May is mostly going to be well, – actually, that's not true. Marcus May has a little bit of versatility too, but let's just say a, a, a strictly deep uh, safety, like a Malik Hooker. It's like, okay, well – you know, you're going to play deep. You're going to play deep one half. You're going to play deep third. You're going to play uh, deep middle and, and cover one. And that's mostly your role as a deep coverage safety. Um, to use a player like Jamal Adams and and the player Jamal Adams is, it's just it's just not smart. Especially when you're talking about one of the best and most versatile safeties in the NFL. So it's hard to really just say, okay, he's going to do this.
1: Joe, now that we know the strengths, the weaknesses, how you think that he's going to fit in the Greg Williams defense? What do you predict in terms of production for Jamal Adams in 2019? Do you think he's going to take a big step forward?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think you're going to see him end up with more with more uh, more interceptions. Obviously, last year only having one in the first game, and then the year before that he only had he only had you uh, had zero. <clears throat> I think he'll have more interceptions, uh, sacks. You know, he had two, he had two his first year, three and a half his, his uh, this year. I'm going to say that going to be a little bit more as well. So let's let's say and. Ever since, like I said, ever since I said this, I, I'm going to get asked every single time, I guess, about stats, which is okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, Scott. We're friends at this point, so um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four and a half sacks. He'll have, he'll have another sack. Uh, Greg Williams does like the blitz a little bit more than Todd Bowles does. Todd Bowles has a blitz a lot, but Greg Williams likes the blitz a lot, a lot. So I'm going to say just because of the talent around him, and they're going to blitz a little bit more, maybe um, that he'll have another sack. So four and a half sacks. Uh, instead of one interception, just because I do think, like I said before, that he will step up in coverage and in both zone, um, even in man, there are some things that he could do uh, a little bit better in terms of opening his hips and uh, staying square and things like that. I think, especially um, in terms of like his t-step, basically when he's trying to break towards um, players, he has a tendency instead of running his feet and taking short, you know, shorter strides and keeping his chest over his knees, he's kind of hoppy in coverage where. He takes pretty big steps and, and and they're pretty they're pretty long, so it takes him to, uh, an, or sorry, an extra like second to to kind of stop and, and explode. So I think he's gonna work on his footwork a little bit as well. Um, I think he'll hone in on that that aggressiveness, which actually in turn will probably get him more interceptions because I think he'll be in position more often. So four and a half sacks. Uh, I'm gonna go four interceptions. I'm gonna be bold with that one. Up uh, pick of three, so he's got four interceptions tackles he had 115 last year so that's kind of hard to say i will have that again just because the Jets defense was obviously much worse uh, last year than it's going to be this year so I don't think there's going to be as many people making it um into the second level where yeah there were a lot of plays where Jamal Adams tackled the guy behind the line of scrimmage etc but uh, so I still think he's going to do that but I don't think he's going to get as many tackles when he's the deep you know in, in a deeper role or even in a in a shallower zone you know outside of the box or even inside of the box um, because you have guys like Quentin Williams and you guys you have guys like Leonard Williams still developing now with Quentin Williams. We just talked about him a couple of days ago. You have guys like you know C.J. Mosley. So I'll, I'm going to give him 100 tackles even so he would have a little bit less tackles just because he has better talent around him. But an uptick in sacks uh, and four interceptions.
1: Joe, we know that Marcus May has been hurt quite a bit and also that Tremaine Johnson is coming off a pretty bad season. How important is it to jamal adams to have may healthy and have tremaine johnson bounce back at least a little bit because like you said greg williams loves to blitz you would assume he's going to do that a lot with the jets and on a lot of those plays the secondary is going to be left to fend for themselves so exactly how much do you think jamal adams play rises and falls based on tremaine johnson and marcus may around him
2: yeah, so obviously having more you know more talent or, or around him helps. Uh, I think Marcus May actually helps guys like uh, Dow Roberts, Brian Poole, um, Tremaine Johnson more than, uh, you know, he directly affects Jamal Adams just because Jamal Adams is asked to play in shallower zones and in the box more often he's asked to play deep. Um, and he, when he is even in coverage, he's going deep a lot of times. You know, it's, it's in man coverage on a tight end. So with a deep safety, does it, does a deep safety affect a – a, 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 you know, a, a basically a linebacker at times, where Jamal Adams, you know, he comes into the box in a linebacker role a lot, whether you want to call him a Will or a Jack, or he's just he's just pressing down to the line of scrimmage when he's out of the box, you don't want to call him a linebacker. He is near the line of scrimmage um, a ton, so Marcus May doesn't really directly affect him in terms of coverage. We're like, okay, we're, you know, Tremaine Johnson, you know, is he going to, you know, trust, you know, Marcus May to, to pick up, um, you know, the the dig route inside of the post so Tremaine Johnson can cover the post or, you know, vice versa, you know, or do they have that trust in each other that they're athletic enough to do that or smart enough to do that? That means a little bit more than um, any one of those guys to Jamal Adams because he's in his own, you know, specific role in the box and he doesn't really rely on too much of anything. Now, obviously, if guys like Tremaine Johnson and Marcus May are playing better in the back end and they're covering for longer, then yeah, that helps Jamal Adams in, in terms of getting sacks, in terms of, um, of making blitzes, you know, more effective for the, you know, in, entire front seven. And then when Jamal Adams is back there, um, even though I said that, you know, Tremaine Johnson and Marcus May more affect directly affect each other than they do Jamal Adams. Uh, if Mar- if he is back there, in a in a coverage role and you know, the curl, the flatter, and the deep safety. If Marcus May and Tremaine Johnson play their role well, then maybe that quarterback doesn't see Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams is able to use his athleticism to pick a guy <laughs> off wherever he may be. Um, you know. On the field, so it it affects him in in the box in terms of you know he has longer time to get there on blitzes and so is the front seven. Uh, now maybe court now maybe uh, quarterbacks are rushing their reads or panicking for their reads because Marcus May Tremaine Johnson have their guys covered, so now they try to throw it like I said to somewhere that Jamal Adams um, is or is disguising that he's not, and then he makes an interception. So it helps the the entire team, but it's not like okay you know they they play a ton of cover four where Jamal Adams is deep or. You know, uh, you know, cover two, where where he's going to be deep with a guy like uh, Marcus May, which he might play a little bit more in cover two this year because Greg Williams does like to use uh, cover two a lot, um, not as not as much as some people said that he did, but um, it it affects him just not drastically.
1: He is the host of TOJ Film Room over on our great YouTube channel, Turn On The Jets TV, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, thanks so much for hopping on and talking about Jamal Adams' 2018 season with me. For anybody that's unfamiliar with the rest of the reviews that you've got up right now or the ones that you're going to be putting up soon, why don't you go ahead and let them know all about it?
2: Yeah, I think at this point, Scott, if people don't know what I've been putting up, I <laughs> I think that they just hear the end of the show and then they just click off because we've said it so many freaking times. Um, YouTube, turn on the jets, uh, and you'll find any of the film reviews there. I've done film reviews on pretty much every single jet. Uh, uh, Twitter, JoeRB31, um, and if you don't, if you don't even know, you know, if you don't have Twitter, you don't want to watch it on YouTube. But you want to see a review there. It's very, very likely that I did one, and it's on it's on uh, turnonthejets.com. So literally, just go to YouTube, type in blue, it, Blewett, B L E W E T T. Um, and then the player's name on Google, and you'll find one of my reviews. That's, that's how I know some people find them. So um, I'm all over the place on Twitter in terms of the film reviews, and uh, YouTube, and Google, and everything. So yeah, it's pretty easy to find at this point.
1: Go ahead and follow Joe on Twitter at JoeRB31. Check out his film reviews on our YouTube channel, Turn On The Jets TV. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn On The Jets Digital and Turn On The Jets.